Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Boys to Men by guest speaker Mark Connor. A little bit about myself. Uh, I was born in Melbourne, um, grew up in America, spent about 10 years over there. And uh, my wife, Nicole, was born in Hamburg, Germany, grew up in South Africa, and I met her in Rockhampton, as you do. (laughs) So we've got a little bit of the United Nations in our family. So I've been married for 33 years now. Um, Obviously, we married very young. And uh, we have three young adult children. We've got three grand dogs. And one newly arrived granddaughter on the 7th of January, little Freya Sky. So we've totally besotted grandparents. So Josiah, yeah, Josiah Mish. So, yeah, so um, that's a little bit about our family. Um, uh, work-wise, I wasn't quite sure when I, what I wanted to be when I grew up. My dad was a, a minister, so I'm a PK, preacher's kid. Ever heard of that? Yeah. Uh, my dad used to call me a TO, actually, which stands for Theological Offspring. Which is a little higher class of preacher kid. Uh, anyway, my dad used to say, get out of ministry if you can, but if God's called you, you probably won't. So um, I did a variety of jobs out of school, cabinet maker, printer, and then eventually ended up uh, in youth work. My wife and I were youth pastors for years, and then church administrator, associate, then I was a senior pastor for 22 years, and then about three years ago felt it was time for a change. I've been 32 years on staff at one church, which was a good innings. And so we're now doing a little bit of coaching, a little bit of travel and writing. And so that's a, a little bit about me. And so really great to be with you this morning. Uh, website there, if you're uh, interested in a little bit more information, I do have a podcast, written a few books, and a bit of information you'll find on the website there. How about we pray and we'll get into our message for this morning. I promise to have you out of here by one o'clock. <laughs> Only kidding. Melbourne humour. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for this new day. This is the day you've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, I don't know everyone in the room, but you do. And so I thank you for the Holy Spirit who can take my words and apply them in dozens of different ways. So we could all leave here in a short time having felt that you spoke into our lives to encourage us, to inspire us, to challenge us, to transform us. In Jesus' name, everyone who's awake said amen. 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 Today, if you like a title, I want to talk about Boys to Men, subtitle Growing Old or Growing Up. How many know it's easy to grow old, but growing up, that takes a little bit more work. Boys to Men, you know, when I was a boy, um, I was enjoying life, but I always wanted to be older. Do you remember that? You know, it's like, I can't wait to get to school, you know, and then when I'm in primary school, can't wait to get out of primary school, get to high school. Two years in high school, can't wait to get out of school, can't wait to get my job, and then it's can't wait for the holidays. Yeah, for me, can't wait to get married, and can't wait to have kids, and it's, it's like the fun and the excitement is always kind of ahead of you. Growing up seemed to be where the adventure was. Uh, of course, growing older <laughs> was more fun than growing up, because how many have discovered with privileges come responsibilities? Thank you for that enthusiastic response. With Privileges come responsibilities. I remember my first job in Melbourne, National Mutual. I was excited to have a job, looking forward to the paycheck. But Monday mornings weren't very excited. How many know Monday mornings, you know? Instead of good morning, Lord, it's good, Lord, it's morning. You know, jumping on the train, you know, going to work. Uh, That wasn't as fun. I remember my first car. I had a yellow Ford Cortina. 
so excited to have my own car, so much fun. But then the registration came in and the insurance and the petrol and the repairs. I still remember one Saturday morning, you'll laugh at this story. Um, my parents were away. I was at home. We had a house with a driveway that slanted down to the garage and I uh, pulled the car up and then I just thought, oh, did I lock the front door? It was a manual vehicle. And so I left the engine running, just put it out of gear and put the handbrake on, left it running, got out of the car and thought, I'll just go check the front door. Front door was locked. As I came back, the car was starting to roll down the driveway, but the front door was open. I had a split moment decision. What am I going to do? I actually jumped into the car, but as I did, we went down between the fence and the brick house and ended up jamming my foot between the door and the car and the brick wall, and it stalled. And I literally had to start the engine again to reverse out to get my foot out. I thought my, my toe was broken. A lot of sympathy from you guys. Uh, what am I saying? You know, uh, another time I was driving with some mates out in the country and there was a little bit of a dip and there was water there and we thought, oh, we can get through. Well, we went through halfway, the engine conked. I said, hey guys, everyone out. My mate in the front seat opened the door. <laughs> everyone else went out the window. He opened the door. Man, I was working on the smell of that water through my entire car for years. What am I saying? Hey, growing up is fun. Growing old is fun, but the responsibilities. Uh, remember how excited I was to get married. Married Nicole. Thought, man, life will never be dull. And then we started having some intense fellowship. <laughs> Anyone know what that is? Yeah, yeah it just took, uh, took a while to get her to see things my way. You know, it wasn't <laughs> quite all I thought it would be. Remember our first house. Excited. Have our own house. And then, you know, the bills and the mortgage. Are you kind of getting my, my, my gist, you know? The privileges, the growing, grow, growing old's fun, but, but growing up, yeah, it's, uh, that's a little less exciting. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul understood this, and uh, here's our key text for today. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, well-known scripture about love, but I love verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned or thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now, what's Paul saying? (laughs) We all need to grow up and have no fun, no excitement, no joy? No, not at all. Uh, He's actually saying um, we need to, as we grow up, as we become men, put childish things behind us. Um, There's a big difference between being childish and childlike. Uh, Jesus actually told us to become like little children. Uh, He called a little child one day, Matthew 18, 2 to 3, and had the little child stand among them and said, unless you change and become like little children... You'll never enter the kingdom of God. So there's a big difference between being childlike and being childish. In fact, Jesus says we need to keep some of the childlike qualities. Uh, I love kids. Uh, Kids have a sense of wonder and joy. You know, have a little baby, you can just rattle the keys, and they're so excited, just those, those keys rattling in front of them. You don't get excited at rattling keys anymore. 
you know, kids have a sense of wonder and joy and they're open and they're honest and they're, they're trusting and they're adventurous. still remember my oldest son, Josiah, when he was a little boy, we went out on a farm and uh, um, someone had one of those little peewee motorbikes there. Remember those little peewee motorbikes? And all the big kids were riding them and Josiah, he says, hey, can I have a go, Dad? I said, yeah, okay. So he's on the bike and, um, you know, the youth pastor, David's explaining to him, just started to explain where the brakes and everything are. And he goes like this, I can do it. And he floored it and took off. And he froze. Like, like he just froze at full pelt and he's heading towards a barbed wire fence. <laughs> Thankfully, he had a helmet on, but he hit that fence, did a couple of flips. And uh, that afternoon, he had 10 stitches in his leg. Um, and he can tell you about the story. But don't you love the adventurous spirit? Sometimes we lose that as we get a bit older, don't we? We, we, we've got safety gear and, you know, we think about it. We're we're a bit risk averse. Uh, Jesus is saying, hey, don't lose the the childlike qualities. But what Paul's saying is not that we shouldn't be childlike, but that we should put away childish things. And so the big idea of this morning's message is it's possible to grow old as a man, but not really grow up. Um, here's an uh, interesting thought from David Siemens. Many people who are chronologically adults are still emotional and spiritual children. Their quantity of birthdays may reveal their age in life, but their quality of behavior reveals their stage in life. Everyone say, ouch. That's challenging, isn't it? You, know? you, you, can, you can grow old, but... Still, still be acting like a kid, acting like a child if we don't grow up. Uh, one of the evidences of growing up, a uh, great men's speaker, passed away a few years ago. Anyone heard of Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole? Great men's speaker. He once said this, maturity does not come with age, but with the acceptance of responsibility. Uh, maturity doesn't come with age. How many know you can have a a 35-year-old that's less mature than a 21-year-old, or a 50-year-old that's less mature than a 15-year-old. Maturity doesn't come with age, just clocking up another year. Uh, Maturity comes with the acceptance of responsibility. And so this is a challenge because I think uh, as kids, one of, the, <laughs> one of the big things about kids is they tend to make excuses and they tend to blame other people. But if we're not careful, we can kind of keep that same tendency as we grow old. My second son's name's Ashley. He, he's, our, he's our clan. I still remember one Saturday morning, uh, Nicole and I were sleeping in, and Ashley burst into our bedroom and goes, Dad, Mom, someone wet my bed. <laughs> I'm going, what do you mean someone wet your bed? You're the only one that slept in there last night. Straight face. It wasn't me. Someone else must have done it. <laughs> Tried not to laugh. But, you know, we're all a little bit like that, you know? Uh, Our our world stinks, but we're blaming somebody else. Someone else wet my bed. I mean, this goes right back to Adam, doesn't it, you know? Adam messed up, and God says, hey, what's happening? And what did he do? Blamed Eve, didn't he? Come on, work with me. He blamed Eve. And then God talks to Eve, and what does Eve do? Eve, Eve blames the serpent. And then, as you know, the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. But that's a really old, corny joke. Notice the tendency to pass blame. <laughs> In fact, that funny story this morning, uh, I was flying up from Melbourne uh, on an early flight, got there early, and I just happened to overhear the girl at the counter 
And she's on the phone and she goes, all the staff are here, but the pilot hasn't arrived yet. I thought this is going to be an interesting morning. Um, anyway, about 10 minutes later, there's an announcement. Uh, we apologize for the delayed departure of this flight due to a tech crew member who hasn't arrived yet. No one wanted to say the pilot slept in. Come on, Ruben, they always blame the tech crew, don't they? Yeah, there's a tech crew member who hasn't rocked up today. Yeah. And, and then they got on and said, oh, we're leaving late, but don't worry, we'll arrive early. We'll arrive early because we've got a good headwind. And then as we're arriving, they said, oh, the, the tower has slowed us down a little bit today. <laughs> I didn't name the airlines, did I? Our tendency is to make excuses, to blame other people, to say someone else did it, someone else wet my bed. It's just a natural tendency to blame others, to make excuses And yet the truth is, you're responsible for your life, and I'm responsible for mine. Paul says this, yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. I'm not responsible for you. You're not responsible for me. We're all responsible for our own lives. And so one of the characteristics of maturity, of growing up, is we actually embrace that sense of responsibility. Uh, anyone remember that old best-selling book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Anyone read that one? Stephen Covey. And the first habit he noted about effective people was they are proactive rather than reactive. In other words, they choose to take responsibility for their life rather than blame everybody else and play the victim card. Responsibility, the actual word, means the ability to choose your response. Between what happens to you and your response is a moment where you actually have a choice. Stuff happens, you can't control what happens to you, but you have a choice as how you'll choose to respond to what's happening in your life. And people who are mature, people who grow up, learn to be responsible for those choices rather than blaming or making excuses for what's happening in their world. I've got a hula hoop up here. And it's all right, we're not having a competition for the hula. Um, I don't even know how to make this work myself. But let me use this just as a circle. Um, Covey says there's two ways to look at life. Inside the circle is one area, and then outside the circle is a much bigger area. Um, The outside circle we can call the circle of our concern. And it's a really large area. Everything you may be concerned about this morning, or interested in, but the outside circle is beyond our control. We might be concerned about it, but we can't control it. The inside circle is smaller. It's, it's, a, it's a, a far less large area, and this is the circle of our control. Outside circle, circle of concern. Inside circle, circle of control. Outside area, things we're concerned about but we have no control over. Inside circle, things we can can, can actually have control over. So just thinking about those two areas, it's interesting to think about what's where in your life. Uh, Where is the weather? Yeah, got no control over the weather, especially in Australia at the moment. You can pray, but you can't control the weather. It's outside the circle. Uh, Where's your sports team? Outside. You can cheer. You can hope this is the year for them, but you don't have control over whether they're going to win it all. Um, where's the economy? 
It's outside the circle. Um, let's talk about people. Um, if you work for someone, where's your boss? Come on. Yeah. If, if you are the boss, <laughs> if you are the boss and you've got people working for you, where are they? Where are they? Can you control them? <laughs> On your mark. Uh, could I suggest that you can influence them, but you can't control them? They'll rock up. They'll not rock up. <laughs> and, and you don't have control over that. Um, if you're a parent here and you have a toddler, where's your toddler? <laughs> where's, your toddler? Where, where's your toddler? Outside. Okay. Uh, where's your teenager? Way outside, someone said. <laughs> outside. Uh, if you're married, where, where's your spouse? Outside. I spent a lot of years trying to get Nicole into that circle right there. <laughs> now, 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 just work with me. Could I suggest that all those things are in the area of your concern... But they're not within your control. So what is in the circle? The one thing you have control over is yourself. St. Francis once apparently had a prayer. He said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Reactive people focus on the circle of their concern. <laughs> and they're always talking about the weather and the economy and you don't know my missus. And my t- they're always talking about the outside circle and problem circumstances. They use language like, if only, or you don't know my mother. <laughs> you know, uh, I have to. They're always talking out there where responsible people, proactive people, Focus on the circle of their control, on what they can have influence over. And actually, as they work on themselves, their influence on those other areas actually increases. The simple thought, (laughs) the only thing in the circle is you. And, And this is the area you have control over. And when you think about you, uh, you are a spirit being. You have a soul made up of a mind, a will, and emotions, and you live in a body. So your spirit, your soul, and your body. And God's intention is that your spirit rules or gives leadership to your soul, your mind, your will, emotions, and to your body. And as you grow up, rather than just grow old, you learn to take responsibility for the one thing you can control, which is you... And as you live a more responsible life, then your influence on all the people in your world and the environment, all those areas of concern, actually increases. The opposite is also true. And so in our, in our few minutes together, let's, let's just focus a little bit on what we do have control over today and just see how well you and I are doing at leading our own lives. Let's start with our mind. <laughs> we all have... A mind, and your mind is like an ant's nest of continual thoughts, 
And we have thoughts from God, we have thoughts from ourselves, sometimes the enemy sends thoughts our way. And our thoughts are very, very powerful. Life is lived inside out. In fact, Romans 12 says, be changed or transformed by the renewing of your mind, not the removal of your mind, the renewing of your mind. Someone once said, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. All starts with your thoughts. Uh, No one else can lead your mind. (laughs) Uh, You have to give leadership to your mind because ultimately your life is shaped by your thinking. Um, Renewing our mind can be as simple as ABC. ABCs. Let me give you the ABCs of mind renewal. A stands for adversity. B stands for belief. And C stands for consequences. We all encounter adversity, letter A. We respond to it, letter B, by our beliefs, our thoughts. And then consequences flow from our beliefs, not from the adversity. So adversity, beliefs, consequences. The consequences flow from the beliefs about the adversity, not from the adversity itself. Let me give you an example. Maybe this week you didn't get a promotion in your workplace. Adversity. Let it be, what are you going to believe about the fact you didn't get a promotion? If you believe, I'm no good at my job, I'll probably lose my job, maybe my career is over, maybe I'm going to lose my house, that's one set of beliefs in response to that adversity. Or your beliefs could be, you know what, I need a little bit more time to develop myself. I'm going to do another course, there'll be another opportunity coming my way. How many can see that those beliefs are going to have different consequences? The first lot of beliefs, you're going to be depressed all day and you probably won't get much work done. The second lot of beliefs, you'll feel fine and you'll still have a productive day. Can you notice it's not the adversity, it's what you believe about what's happening to you that shapes the consequences of your life. You're following me? Let me give you another example. Maybe you're married and you had a little intense fellowship with your wife this week. (laughs) You had an argument, adversity. If you believe, maybe my marriage is over. Maybe I married the wrong person. Maybe we're going to get a divorce. Those beliefs will have different consequences than if your beliefs are, you know what, we'll work through this. And if not, maybe we'll get some help. Maybe we know to go see a counselor. But you know what, we're going to be stronger in the long run. Can you see that those beliefs are going to have a total different set of consequences? Instead of giving up on the marriage, you'll actually put some extra work in. So the challenge is, as we have adversity in our life from our outer world, we have to look at our belief system and we have to dispute our beliefs if we're going to give leadership to our mind. Uh, Let me illustrate this very, very... um, Visually for you. I, I need about uh, eight guys. Just come do a little drama with me. Uh, eight guys, just come up here. Come on, a few volunteers. Come on, Tony. Come join us. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Another one. Here we go. Okay, why don't you guys get in a circle? In a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're used to. In a circle, and there we go. Facing to your right, and I want you just to start moving now. Start moving, okay? Uh, keep the circle wide a little bit, and I want you to pick up the pace. All right? So this is what your mind looks like, except there are thousands of thoughts going through your mind right now. Keep keep it spread out. Pick up the pace. Uh, This is what your mind looks like. All these thoughts going through your mind. Pause. First thought. 
you've got to dispute and say, what's this thought saying? This thought's saying, Mark, you're stupid. <laughs> now, now, I have to dispute and go, well, is that true? Well, you know what? I've done some stupid things in my life. We don't have time to talk about them all now. But I am not stupid. So I actually have to dispel that thought. Just stay right here. Okay, let's keep going. Your mind's going. All these kinds of thoughts happening. All right? Pause. Here's another thought. This thought saying, Mark, you're a failure. No, it's not. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Stay in character. Okay. Stay in character. This thought saying, Mark, you're a failure. I've got to dispute that and say, well, is that true? Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, is that true? Well, I have failed. Do you know I failed my first driving test in America? One of the reasons I failed is I went onto the freeway. I didn't go fast enough. Now, I could have said, well, you know what? Yeah, that too. I could have said, you know what? I'm never going to drive again. But you know what I thought? I can drive faster. Got it the second time. You know, I have failed, but I'm not a failure. So I've actually got to put that thought out of my mind. Let's keep going. Keep going around. All these thoughts buzzing through your mind every day. Pause. Here's another thought. It says, Mark, no one likes you. Is that true? Well, there are people who don't like me. There are people who don't like me, but my mother likes me. My dog likes me. Everyone doesn't like me. That's not true. I've got to pull that out here. Uh, form a little triangle here. Put your arms on each other's shoulders. See, if you're not careful, you take a thought that says you're stupid, you're a failure, no one likes you. Before you know it, you've got a stronghold in your mind of rejection. If we're going to give leadership to our mind, we have to learn to dispute our internal dialogue and actually change and reshape our beliefs according to truth. Give our drama team a big clap this morning. Thanks, guys. They came early to rehearse that. Now, this is not rocket science, but you know what you can control? You can control your mind. Now, you can't control the thoughts coming into your mind. How many know thoughts are like birds flying over your head? You can't control the birds flying over your head, but you can control the ones that nest in your hair. You, you, you can determine whether they're going to actually establish in your mind. So, so guys, if we're going to grow up rather than just grow old, we've got to get leadership to our mind and take control and dispute and renew our thinking. The next area is our will. The will is our decision-making component where we make choices and resolutions and determinations. We don't want to break our will, but we want to train it and direct it. There are things that our will wants to say no to that we're going to say yes to. There are things our will wants to say yes to we're going to say no to. Jesus once said, not my will, but yours be done. What's he, do? What's he doing? He's actually giving leadership to his will. He doesn't want to go to the cross, but he's giving leadership. He's saying, not what I want, not my will, but your will be done. And so in your life, you have the challenge of directing your will, of making good decisions. Part of that is the area of initiative. I love this definition of initiative right here. Initiative is recognizing and doing what needs to be done before having to be asked to do it. Recognizing and doing what needs to be done before being asked to do it. The key word is the word before. You know, guys, there's today's reality. There's tomorrow's dream of where you'd like to be. 
And what's between today's reality and tomorrow's dream are decisions. Where you are today is a result of the decisions you made yesterday. Where you'll be tomorrow is a result of the decisions you make today. We're all a result of our decisions, not our conditions. And so I'm here today. I want to be there. What's needed? Initiative. Recognize and then do what needs to be done before, that's the key word, before being asked to do it. Uh, If we would just develop this quality in our life, it's transformational. I'll tell you a a simple story. In my early couple of years of married life, um, one of the little arguments we had uh, was about putting the bins out, the rubbish out, once a week. And uh, Nicole, in my estimation, used to nag me about this. And so many uh, Wednesday morning would be in bed and she'd hear the rubbish truck coming and she'd go, honey, did you put the bins out? And many a morning I went, oops, <laughs> and I'm rushing out quickly and, you know, you have those weeks where you don't get them out in time and, and that's a major issue. So anyway, we just had a little bit of conflict around her needing to remind me all the time. Bins are going out. I know this doesn't happen in your guys' world, but just, just, just for myself, this was a challenge. Somewhere in, in my early married life, I made a decision. I took initiative. And I actually put in my diary, Tuesday night, a little appointment with myself. In fact, it's in my calendar. It occurs every week. Uh, Tuesday night, put bins out. And I, I still remember the first week I did that. And Nicole in the evening goes, oh, honey, the bins are out. I went, already out, honey? (laughs) Already out. Already done. Already taken care of. You know what? (laughs) Yeah, just leave it. You'll go far. Um, (laughs) You know what? You know what? She's never nagged me about that since. You know why? Because I took responsibility. I recognize it needs to be done, and I've actually made a choice, and I've sorted that area of our life out. A simple illustration. But I wonder if some nagging coming your way is simply the result of you not taking initiative in an area of your life. Recognizing and doing what needs to be done. This is about responsibility, about giving leadership to ourselves. And so so what it is for you, where are you today? Where Where do you want to be? You're just a decision away. A lot of problems are just a decision waiting to happen. Just a decision waiting to happen. Don't wait for someone else to pressure you to make that decision. Take initiative. A couple more areas. So there's our mind in this inner circle of our control. There's our will. Uh, thirdly, there's our emotions, our feelings. Um, you and I have a whole bunch of emotions and feelings come through our world every week. And they're not to rule our life, but we're going to pay attention to them. Even negative emotions like anger or um, fear or anxiety, you know. It's a bit like the red light on your dashboard. How many know when the red light comes on in your car dashboard, you don't hit the hammer, get the hammer and smash it and go, I rebuke you, you negative thing in Jesus' name. (laughs) You know, do that, do you? The red light is your friend. The red light is getting your attention that something underneath needs you to look at. And so all of our emotions are indicators. They're getting our attention. And it's not that we're ruled by them, but we direct them. And some of the problems we have is we've got this whole range of positive and negative emotions, but sometimes we get stuck on one channel. Stuck on one channel. You know, you can actually change channels. You can direct your emotions. 
Philippians 4 verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord all times. I'll say it again, rejoice. You kind of go, well, Paul's a bit of a happy guy, isn't he? Must be having a good day. You know, Paul was in prison when he wrote that. In prison for a couple of years, it probably wasn't in his calendar. Go to prison for a couple of years. The circumstances were actually contrary to him, but he says, you know what? You can make a choice. You can change the channel and you can choose to be joyful. Simply by being grateful, thinking about God's goodness, you can choose to be joyful. You don't have to wait for something good to happen to choose to be joyful. Uh, We can also actually put our focus on the wrong channel and have a bunch of negative emotions. Anyone, anyone, Anyone ever been to a really bad movie, you just hated it? Yeah, we've all been to a bad movie. Did you watch that movie again? (laughs) But you know, some people go through bad experiences and then they replay them over and over and over in surround sound, in high definition. We, 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 We replay that negative. You know what we do? We're actually choosing a channel of negativity that actually affects and heightens all those negative emotions. We can actually choose. Give attention to your emotions, but direct them. And then there's our body. (laughs) So mind, will, emotions, and then our body, our physical body is also under our control. And again, we should listen to our body, but we shouldn't allow it to rule our life. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul says, I discipline my body. One translation says, I beat my body. Another translation says, I buffet my body. That's not buffet, by the way. (laughs) I discipline, I beat my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should, bringing it into subjection. Uh, Paul was refusing to let his body rule his life. He was directing his body. So you know what, guys? There's sometimes when your body wants to eat more and you've got to go, no, that's enough. (laughs) There's sometimes when your body wants to sleep and you go, time to get up. (laughs) Sometimes when your body doesn't feel like exercise, but you go, let's get moving. Sometimes your body's got some sexual attractions. How many know not every sexual attraction is worth you following? There's some fatal attractions that your body will have. You've got to say no. If we allow our body to rule our life, then we'll actually never live up to our God-given purpose. And so, simple idea this morning. Growing up is different than growing old. Growing up is about taking responsibility for our life and differentiating between what we're concerned about, all of these areas out here, all these people out here, and learning to give priority to leading our own lives. And so I wonder where your focus is right now. Is it out in the area of concern where you can't control things or are you actually focusing on leading your own life? Uh, A little... uh, a little statement I don't have up there. But when it comes to other people, um, we are responsible to people, but not for people. What do I mean by that? We're responsible to people, but not for people. People are responsible for their own life. If you're a parent here today, you're responsible to your kids, to teach them, instruct them, care for them, set them up, to do well. But ultimately, they're responsible for their own life. If you're an employer, a boss, a pastor here today, you're responsible to give leadership and create a good culture and mission. But people are responsible for their own life. And so we need to focus on leading ourselves and then seeking to influence others, but having them be responsible for 
their own lives. So, final scripture recap. When I was a child, Paul says, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And that's the mark of maturity, taking responsibility for our lives, choosing not to blame others, make excuses. If we could simply do this, then we would create some incredible momentum in our life. And so I wonder what decision today is waiting to happen in your life. Uh, Maybe some of us need to break out of the days. We kind of get paralyzed. Sometimes we get on autopilot where we're just continually talking and focusing about all the problems out here. And it's like a daze, a paralysis in our life. And if we could get off autopilot and just start leading our own life, wake up, rise up, then what a difference that could make. You might have heard the funny story of uh, Grandpa. And uh, he was asleep on the couch one afternoon. And uh, (laughs) the grandkids were a little bit naughty that day, and so they... Uh, decided to spread a little bit of Limburger cheese on Grandpa's mustache. And so they spread this cheese on his mustache and they left the room. Anyway, Grandpa woke up. Oh, what's that smell? This room stinks. So he uh, walked out of the living room where he'd been sleeping, went into the kitchen, went, the kitchen stinks. What are you cooking in here? And then he... Eventually goes out the front door and into the yard. He goes, the whole world stinks. (laughs) What's the point? Sometimes we think the whole world stinks when the problem's right under our nose. (laughs) So easy to blame everyone else rather than look right under our nose and realize maybe, maybe I need to change the sheets. Maybe it starts here. You know, the first question in the Bible was God going, Adam... Where are you? I mean, when God asks a question, he's not looking for information. It's not like, where are those humans? I just created them and I've lost them already. Where are they? (laughs) No, where are you? It's about you thinking about where you are. Adam happened to be hiding. Where are you? I wonder where you are today. And I wonder what step God may be calling you to take. Is it... uh, Maybe getting some more spiritual discipline into your life. You've been thinking about it, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Is it someone that's offended you, just waiting for you to go, I'm going to forgive that person? Is it a bad habit that you kind of <laughs> keep doing despite the negative consequences, but yeah, one day we'll sort that out? Is it a, a conflict that needs you to help resolve it? Is it a mood that you're just stuck on, that channel, and you just need to change channels? You know, is it a step out of being in the crowd, coming to church and actually being part of the team at church and saying, hey, I think I've got some gifts I'd love to serve? What is it that is your next step? Something I've learned in life is what you tolerate, you'll never change. What you tolerate, you never change. It's only when you come to that moment of decision where the impact starts to take place. And so I want to encourage you as men today, let's, let's not lose the childlikeness. Let's keep the sense of wonder and adventure and excitement. Let's not get old and grumpy and risk adverse. Let's keep that childlikeness. But as we grow up, let's not just clock up the years. Let's mature. Let's grow in responsibility. And that 
begins by focusing on our own lives. And if you could go from here this morning, back to your home, back to your workplace, back to your neighborhood, and yes, be concerned. Yes, seek to influence your world. But if you can focus on yourself and you can grow and you can mature, then you'll find that your influence in your world will grow accordingly. Everyone said amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, today, thank you for every man here today of all different ages. And Lord, we've all got concerns, we've all got issues, we've all got challenges, and uh, it's so easy to talk about the problems out there and other people and if only and end up with language that is blaming, excusing, and makes ourselves a victim in this world. And so I pray today we would learn from the Apostle Paul that he made a decision to put away, to cut off, to shift from childish thinking that the problem's out there to actually take responsibility for his own life. And so today, whatever you spoke to us about, maybe it's in our mind, learning to take control of our thoughts. Maybe it's our will and directing it differently than we have. Maybe it's some emotions. Maybe it's a channel we're just stuck on and we need to change the mood of our life. Or maybe it's our own physical well-being. Whatever you're speaking to us about today, Lord, if there's just one step we could take, I pray you give us the courage to do so. And as men, we wouldn't just grow old, but we would grow up taking responsibility for our lives and we'd end up actually influencing our world as a result. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Well. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.